Jin. My stardust. I can't imagine what you think of me. When I was taken, I faced some bitter truths. I was told that soon enough Krennic would have you as well. As time went by, I knew that you were either dead or so well hidden that he would never find you. I knew if I refused to work, if I took my own life, it would only be a matter of time before Krennic realized he no longer needed me to complete the project. So I did the one thing nobody expected. I lied. I learned to lie. I played the part of a beaten man resigned to the sanctuary of his work. I made myself indispensable, and all the while, I laid the groundwork of my revenge. We call it the Death Star. There is no better name, and the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed. I've placed a weakness deep within the system, a flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. But Jin, Jin, if you're listening, my beloved, so much of my life has been wasted. I try to think of you only in the moments when I'm strong because of the pain of not having you with me. Your mother, our family, the pain of that loss is so overwhelming I risk failing even now. It's just so hard not to think of you. Think of where you are. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars Lessons here in the Wampas Lair. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Carl LeClaire, and I am joined for this very special episode of Star Wars Lessons by the one and only, the living embodiment of Jin Erso. We've got Jim Capron. Hey, man, thanks for having me back on. I'm really, really excited for this discussion tonight. I am, too. I, I was shocked when I reached out to you to say, like, hey, you want to be on an episode of Star Wars Lessons? And you were like, yeah, let's talk uh, Ewoks battle for Endor. So um, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm pretty jazzed to be talking about that movie. I didn't even have to think about it twice. <laughs> yeah, I know that, you know, um, the the epic hero of Sindel um, really spoke to you and you've got some great stuff to talk about. Um, yes, that is absolutely my kind of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we just, you cannot have Jim Caper and slash Jim Urso on a Star Wars podcast and not talk about the incredible movie that is Rogue One. And I am so excited that we're going to get to talk about these incredibly powerful moments for, for your beloved Jim Urso, looking at her reunion with Saw Gerrera and her message from her father. We're going to dive into that. But before we do, just a quick reminder um, on the main show, which will obviously be back next week, um, that we encourage you to participate in our poll about your favorite Leia moment. So be sure to, to chime in with, with that in the next week or so. Um, we'll remind you about that at the end of the episode as well. But without further ado, Jim, um, when I reached out to you and asked you to be part of this segment, I had a feeling you would pick a moment from Rogue One. Um, and, I guess I'm predictable that way. Well, there's nothing wrong with being predictable, Jim. <laughs> it's it's good to it's good to have our corners of the Star Wars universe that really speak to us. Um, this and, is true. And uh, you spoke. You, you wanted to talk about this. You know this this moment, like I said, where we see Jin reunited with Saw, and the subsequent message that her father has sent to Saw for her um, there on Jeddah. And I just want to start with the, the simple. Um, question and i'm sure this will be plenty of fodder for us to dive right into this stuff 
but why why'd you pick this of all the moments in rogue one uh what what is the mess what is the kind of the the reason you picked this particular uh scene to sink sink our teeth into well, since we're talking about lessons, uh, I guess, um, just to give you an idea of kind of where I'm seeing this in my perspective, um, I see the lesson of this scene as really showing the importance of emotional vulnerability, understanding, and human connection. And and that's what really speaks to me about this scene. And why, why it's probably even my favorite in, in all Star Wars is because of those uh, those very integral themes. Pretty darn good reasons to pick it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so I love that we're, we're talking about – I have not actually watched Rogue One at all um, this year. So this was a great reason to sit down and watch Rogue One today. And it just – it floors me how good this movie is but also how heavy this movie is. Um, no, it really is. It and, really is. <laughs> yeah. But this 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 particular moment, which uh, is right towards the middle of the movie, a little a little earlier of the middle, but it really kind of constitutes kind of the heart and soul of not only this movie and not only this character, but I would say in a lot of ways, the heart and soul of Star Wars, which is a lot of those things you just talked about, which is the importance for vulnerability and growth. Um, so... Let's let's start unpacking this. You know, Jin shows up and is reunited with Saw after it sounds like I mean I don't do you know how old Jin's supposed to be in Rogue One? My guess is like twenty. I think she's about twenty three. Okay. Um that makes sense. She doesn't really even look that young. Because <laughs> Felicity Jones is <laughs> yeah. certainly in her thirties, late thirties, yeah. I believe. But um yeah, right. So she in- indicates that he left her when she was sixteen. So it's been close to a decade since she's seen him. Um, and she, she shares how, how she feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she makes it very clear that she's frustrated and resentful and apathetic and exhausted. And she just wants everyone to leave her alone because between losing her mother and being abandoned by her father and saw all this war has brought her as pain, as she says, and she's sick of being hurt. Um, society has rejected her. So She's rejected society. I mean, she says they want an introduction. They've got it. I'm out now. The rest of you can do what you want. And personally, I think that's a very natural and like almost reasonable reaction for someone who has suffered trauma on the level that Jin has, especially considering that she suffered that trauma at a, at a very young and impressionable age. And she had very little control over those events. And, well, Saw is definitely very defensive initially in that first part of the discussion, but he, he later sheds his paranoia and is more calm and collected and empathetic. And he stops making the conversation about himself, and instead he points it back to Jen, encouraging her to fully express what she's feeling, like specifically asking her what she wants. And this allows him to really understand Jen and see things from her perspective. And that understanding helps him realize that her father's message may help her release that emotional baggage that she's carrying. So, I mean, when Saw does show Jen her father's message, now Jen is the one who is taking the effort to listen to her father and try to understand him for who he is and see things from his perspective. And this is certainly very uncomfortable for Jen too. She 
buried her feelings and beliefs about her father in her subconscious, and she'd like to leave them there. Yeah, you know, she says she likes to think he's dead. It makes things easier because she associates her father with those traumatic memories. But when she has the courage to open herself up and allow herself to be emotionally vulnerable, she learns that he still loves her and he left her out of love and selflessness. And you can tell by Jane's facial expressions how difficult watching this message is for her. Not only because her father is in so much pain and torment from his own lack of being understood and his lack of connection to his wife and daughter, but also because it's been so long since Jin's felt this kind of emotional connection to someone who really cares for her. And in the beginning of the film, Jin is emotionally distant from just about everyone out of survival, but even half a galaxy away, she's more emotionally connected to her father than anyone because of that mutual understanding and emotional vulnerability. And, that helps her acknowledge rise above that trauma that she's been carrying and as a result discover new purpose and meaning by wanting to reconcile with her father and ultimately fulfills legacy and give hope to others um so i guess coming full circle like getting back to the lesson of the scene like kind of that i was hinting at earlier it just it really emphasizes the importance of being open emotionally and not being afraid to fully express yourself, but also setting aside predetermined beliefs and taking the time and effort to listen to someone who might be going through a tough time to try to see things from their perspective. And I also think this show shows why connection is so essential to the human experience because it, it can ultimately help someone find new purpose and meaning. So, I definitely have uh, a bit more to say on those things, but I've been talking a while, so I want to give you a chance to just give me your initial feedback on what the lesson is in this scene and what your thoughts are on those themes. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's there's just so much in, in these moments, right, where um, I think a big part of, of this this moment, too, is it really is one of reconciliation, right, really coming to terms with the truth about why Saul left her and why her father ultimately never came back for her, right? I think for Jin, part of the trauma of losing Galen at the start of the movie and the trauma of, of swallowing that bitter pill is, I would, I would imagine as a young girl, there was this hope that he would come back for her and he hasn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I think this is also a moment though where Jin is kind of giving given um, a bit of a wake-up call, though, as to why all that played out the way it did, right? Like, she's held on to, specifically with Saw, right? I love when she says, you dumped me. The way she kind of delivers that line. Um, as someone who in the past has been dumped by most people that I've ever been in a relationship with, uh, like, I feel that. I feel that raw human feeling of how crummy it feels to be dumped, to be left behind by somebody, right? Because... Mm-hmm it automatically makes you feel less than you feel like you weren't valuable, that you weren't needed. Um, and then Saab kind of paints her the bigger picture. He's able to say, listen, here's why I did that. People wanted to use you and I wasn't going to let them. So this was the safest way of, of, of getting you out. Right. So mm-hmm. she's kind of, she's given the truth there for the first time. 
right? She's been away for so long harboring that resentment towards him, which again, from her perspective is totally valid, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you, you know, to go with the, the, you know, the last Jedi route of doing the Rashomon type sequence, right? You could have always get, you know, you could give this a flashback scene from Jin's perspective of this monster. I never thought of that. Right. Like if you get it from Jin's perspective, it'd be like this monster leaving her in a cave all by herself once again, just like her, you know, her father did. Um, but then you get, you know, you could get Saw's perspective of him being the hero who's rescuing this young woman from being used by his comrades. Right. So it's just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a, a play out of perspectives, but Jin learns the truth here that he didn't dump her. He saved her. Um, but she couldn't see that. And yet, like you said, Jim, right. There's just this tremendous apathy to her at this point, you know, like I did, I, I opened these doors of communication. I'm done. I don't care. Right. All this cause has ever brought me is pain. Um, and, and I just feel like even that too, right. Like I, I love these scenes because of the raw humanity of them. Um, you know, when you, when you fight for a cause that takes a lot from you, I I get how exhausting that can be, right? You just, at some point you're just like, I don't care anymore. Like this has taken everything from me. And like you pointed out, right? Jin has lost everything. She lost her mother, her father. She lost saw, um, you know, and in a lot of ways, the way that Jin kind of, uh, aligns herself to a cause is because of the people within that cause, right? Which is a very Anakin trait from like Revenge of the Sith or the Clone Wars, right? Anakin doesn't really care about ideals and causes. He cares about people. Um, I feel like Jin has that strong character trait as well, right? She's she's less inclined to um, care about the cause as she is about the people who inhabit the cause. Um, oh, absolutely. Right? So she gives up the cause because she feels that the people that were part of the cause gave up on her. So therefore the cause sucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I'm done with it. Right. Um, But right. Like there's just like that, that, that human um, feeling of, of exhaustion there from her too. Right. That, and and it's very clear that that apathy is practiced, right? Like when you, you know, like you indicated Jim, like she's carrying around this trauma and, and trauma is heavy. So what's the easiest way to deal with it? Become apathetic. Just don't care. Right. Right. Um, Bury it away. Yeah. It's not a problem if you don't look up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I and, and then the same is true for when she gets that message from her father, when he kind of lays out why he did what he did, why he never directly came back for her, what he's been doing in the meantime and reminding her of her value to him. Again, it's it's it pulls her out of her her worldview, her way of thinking, her way of making sense of the things that she's lost is she's given a different perspective. And I think what's so commendable about Jim is Jin. I use your names interchangeably. Um, (laughs) Might happen more than once on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what's so incredible about her character is that she, she isn't so dug in to her, her kind of traumatized views that she's, not able to immediately pull herself out of it. And again, I'm not, this is not to say that like people with trauma should just be able to pull themselves out. Of course not. But I think the thing that's incredible about Jin is when she's given this bigger perspective, she's able to make sense of that with her own perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's being honest with herself, like who she is, where she comes from, the trauma that she suffered, what she 
stands for, how she feels about people. And that's why that, that scene with Saw is so important to be right before that scene of her watching uh, her father's message because that discussion with Saw is when she's finally really letting everything out, how she's feeling, and it's bringing her emotional barriers down. It's allowing her to be emotionally vulnerable. So then when she watches her father's message, she can be open to it and try to see things from his perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one thing I, I really like about that discussion between Saw and Jin, particularly like in the, in the latter half of it, um, when stop kind of and saw kind of stops interjecting and defending himself. And he, he doesn't try to compare Jin's traumas to his traumas because th- that's not going to help Jin overcome her trauma. It won't help her fully express herself and get those thoughts and feelings out. This, this very much ties into your episode last week when you talked about Leia com- comforting Luke after the loss of Obi-Wan and new hope. And I, I really like that part of that discussion where you get a more empathetic side of Saw, where he's really trying to understand Jen, but also like bring out like what it is she stands for. And she, she makes it very, very clear during that scene. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think right in um, this is the most human we see Saw in the movie, too. Right. Everything before that is, is he's he is kind of this monster type character who, you know, treats Bodhi terribly. Um, you know, even the, the the Alliance Council looks down on him for his militant ways. Um, and and I love that, you know, kind of like you were saying, Jim, like I think vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Right. When we're vulnerable with others, it opens the door for them to likewise be vulnerable with us. And I think as Jin pours her heart out to him. I love when he, you know, he, he has this horror and realization of like, oh my God, did they send you to kill me? And I, and I love that line that he says, there's not much of me left, right? He understands. Yeah, you that, almost pity him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you really understand the cost of the cause for him, right? He's gotten so lost in it he, that it's turned him into a bit of a monster. Right? Like I, I always, I love the genius of the sound effect of when he pulls the mask away, the breathing tube, the breathing mask. And it does sound like Darth Vader's mask, right? Like it's oh, yeah. very clear that he's kind of this militant rebel who is mirrored by Darth Vader. Um, right. So, but yeah, right. Like I think Jin's to, to kind of shake Jin out of her apathy requires a level of humanity that I don't think saw has had to tap into for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really does go both ways. Um, it kind of gets back to that that human connection piece um, that that you were kind of talking about too when you you mentioned Anakin, like his motivations for like why he does things, and I think Jin like reestablishing the connection to both Saw, but especially her father. It's it's very very integral to the story because like. In a way, our relationships with others and our impact on others is very much, in a way, like a defining factor for like who we are as human beings. And those relationships and connections we establish, they they kind of remind us that we're alive, almost. Like, not to get too metaphysical, but like if you're closed off your whole life, you know, like Jim very much is at the beginning of the film. Um, 
it's really challenging to like really feel alive and like a part of this world. And, you know, although it's not impossible, it's difficult to like build your own identity that way. But I think when Jin is expressive to saw and she watches her father's message and reestablishes um, that understanding and emotional connections with them, it, it really gives her a reason to live and it makes her feel whole and complete and, her identity changes from being a frustrated and defeated survivor to being a, a hopeful and resilient and determined leader. And I, I just really, really like that human connection uh, piece of it. I think that's really what makes this scene so emotional, particularly uh, her message, her, her watching her father's message. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, the, I know you've made these these points a lot of times, both when you've been on our show in the past, but also in your own you know Twitter discourse. Um, how incredibly powerful the acting of Felicity Jones is, specifically oh, yeah. in that moment, right? I mean, I think the emotion she conveys on her face is what sells that scene and makes it so relatable, right? Because again, it's it's mm-hmm. she doesn't do, she doesn't say anything during that transmission, right? She's just, no, and she doesn't have to. I mean, it's, it's quite, I think you learn everything you need to know about Jen Urso just in that one scene alone. I I really think it has that much depth. Yeah. Well, say more about that. Well, I think it's getting back, um, to like this, this, this feeling of being, um, vulnerable, but also fulfilled through human connection. Um, and I think she learns like so much about herself in that scene because I mean, she's being honest with who she is and what's important to her, which is her father, her connection to her father. And it, while this experience doesn't necessarily like solve her problems, like she can't change what's already happened to her. And that, that trauma is always going to be with her, but she chooses to act by integrating what she's taken away from that experience, like the emotional vulnerability, the understanding, the trust, and the hope. And she integrates all that into her life by wanting to find her father and complete his mission. And this is like really the pivot point of all that. Like you can't have the ending with her stealing the Death Star plans without the scene because she, she wouldn't feel as fulfilled at the end without this connection because the, the fulfillment she feels is through the connections that she's re- reestablished with not just her father, but the Rogue one crew and humanity as a whole. And, um, I, I think that this scene like really, really does a great job of like hitting home on that, that human connection, why it's so essential to like feeling alive and giving you purpose and meaning. If that made any sense. <laughs> None at all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abs- I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely. Right. Um, you know, it's, I think the thing, right. So, so much of Jin's story is, um, it, it follows a trope that is so important to Star Wars, which is the relationship of children with their parents. Right. And Rogue One is the first one to ever give us the relationship of a father with his daughter. Um, and, yeah, I mean that this this point of of connection with Galen um is everything that she needs. Um and you know I, 
this, like, I, I, like you said, Jim, right? Like she, you know, she doesn't need to say anything. And, and these two scenes, like, you know, like you pointed out, right. The, the scene right before this with saw is so important to being kind of the, the bridge into this moment, which is, she said everything she needed to, to saw, right. She expressed her hurt. Um, and, and the weight that that has put on her. Um, but now is the opportunity for her to just sit and listen. Um, you know, it's, uh, to kind of use like, like theological or spiritual language, this is a moment of grace for her. And grace is literally something that we cannot attain on our own. It's just something freely given. And the importance of grace is the willingness to accept it, to receive it. Um, and I think in this moment for Jin, all that's required of her is to listen and be changed, right? She doesn't have to say or really in this moment do anything. It's the the power of passivity, right? In some degrees, like this is a moment not for Jin to do anything, but to just to be acted upon by the love that's being expressed by her father in this moment. It's just like what Saul was doing with her in the scene before. I mean, particularly like in the last half of the discussion. I mean, like he's he's just so calm and collected by the end. He's just like, I have something to show you. Like in a perfectly normal tone of voice, not like him being all paranoid and totally off his rocker, you know? So I, like you said, like it's important that that scene comes first and like it really starts to pull down her emotional barriers so she can be emotionally vulnerable with that message with her father and really feel that human connection. And you see how powerful that connection is, not only from her facial expressions, but also when she, like, completely collapses at the end of the message. I mean, she's completely paralyzed. And credit, again, to Felicity Jones's phenomenal acting, um, because just by judging from Jen's body language, like, she's about to vomit right there. So, <laughs> I mean, this is, like, incredibly overwhelming to someone to not have felt that kind of a neck connection to someone for so long and it, it kind of emphasizes like why it's so important um not just to like get what you're thinking what you're feeling out but also to feel understood by somebody because i think that's part of it too is that mutual understanding that she has with her father even though they're not like really interacting like in person i think she sees that a lot of traumatic stuff actually happened to him like he's he's tormented he's in pain he wants to feel that connection to his wife and his daughter and it's killing him and when she sees that he's feeling the same that she's the the thing that she is feeling she feels understood Mm. which which allows her to cope with that emotional baggage better like i said like she'll never be able to like completely be rid of that trauma because like it's always going to have happened to her but she can move forward you know she can integrate what she's learned about herself in that moment into her life by wanting to find her father and fulfilling his mission yeah yeah that's a great point i never i never thought about that kind of that connection between the two of them in this moment of of him also sharing the pain that he's been carrying all those years right Mm -hmm. um Again, from her, her, and this is right. This is how like uh, trauma, whole you know, works. Is it, it tends to, you know, you can only see things 
from your like in in light of your own pain, right? Like that's that's kind of the the power it has over us. Um, and right, I don't think she ever thought about how this was making her father feel. And in this moment, again, it, it kind of it opens her eyes, right? It really opens her eyes to to the truth that the pain she feels he also carries right um yeah um i feel i literally just reiterated what you said but <laughs> it's it's <laughs> no no it's, it's worth repeating um no you're totally right on with it yeah uh you know i think i love this scene so much and have always loved it so much because um it is a point where uh to me it it's all about the most basic human need, which is the need to know that we are loved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jin's apathy all comes from her perception that she wasn't important enough to either come back for or to stick around with, right? For Saw and Galen's points. Um, but in this moment, she's being reminded. And, I, and what's so important is that he's he's calling her my stardust, right? Like he... He's using that name that he gave her, right? That's so important. It's it's a reminder of who she is at her core, um, and referring to her as his 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 beloved, um, right? She is just simply being told that, hey, you're loved, and there's nothing we need more than to know that, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's the most important it's the most important thing that anybody needs, especially when doing the work of trying to undo the power of trauma, right? Um, is to constantly be reminded that we are loved in that, in that work. Um, and in this moment, Jin, you know, I mean, we see that, we see that reflected on her face. Um, you know, I love the way even the scene is shot, like just kind of that soft blue. There is something very enlightening in this, in this scene where she's learning the truth of who she is. Um, and it's so, and the music as well, I was, uh, yeah. not to interject, but the music, like the soft piano notes, it, it definitely amplifies that even more, <laughs> Yeah, almost like to a, a completely overwhelming extent for the viewer. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Like in a great way. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough scene to watch just like emotionally, like it wrecks me every time, <laughs> like all this stuff that we're, we're talking about, like, I'm not thinking about any of this stuff when I'm watching it because I'm so wrapped up into the emotion of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but anyway, I, I kind of interjected there, but continue what you were saying. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just, um, I, well, it, I mean, the fact that he refers to her as stardust, I think is also a nice reminder of how important names are in star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I don't know why this, has never really like, it's never really, I've never thought about this as concretely as I, as when I was watching it today, but right. Like she, she's going by the name Leanna Halleck when they, when they rescue her from, you know, the, the Imperial prison, uh, transport, she's going by this false name. It's not her real self. Um, mm-hmm. but, and even when she's in Jetta, when she gets caught by like Saw's men, she says, I'm the daughter of Galen or so she isn't, like use her full name. That's like all she says. Yeah. Right. It's this, it's this progression into her saying who she really is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just like you get at the end, you know, when she tells Krennic, you know, 
you know who I am. I'm generous. Daughter of Gail and Lyra, you've lost. It's the completing that full circle of identity, and it starts with this scene right here. This, this scene is the pivot point, yeah. Because she's she's feeling that fulfillment through that connection that she's reestablished with her father. But I mean, even also her mother. It's like really subtle throughout the film. You know, not to go too far outside of the scene, but it really is like the story for her is one of reestablishing those connections to her mother and father and finding really finding like strength and purpose and meaning. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it is a nice, it's that point where she's reminded of, of her real identity, right? It's a kind mm-hmm. of, it's an invitation to come back into her, her, the truest part of herself. Um, a name she probably hasn't heard since she was a little girl, right? I doubt Saw was ever calling her Stardust, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. J- um, judging by what we see in the film alone, I, I would I would highly doubt that, <laughs> as you said. Yeah. Um, but right in this scene, it's, it's an invitation to come back into yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because, right, like like we've been saying, that, that, that apathy, she's kind of... Um, built up for herself is a way of, of, of trying to keep, you know, the stardust little Jen or so at bay. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, kind of like the, the whole, like, I was just going to say the whole, like my stardust, it just gives it such like a, a personal touch. Um, just like when she calls Galen Papa, yeah. you know, it, it, she doesn't say father, like you typically hear in star Wars, like that's how, um, you know, characters refer to each other's father, but she calls him Papa and it just has like a personal touch. It's like in rise of Skywalker when Ben Solo uh, refers to Han as his dad. Like that's, that's the other time that I, I feel that it, it's very, very personal um, solely based on like the, the, the language that they're using. But yeah, I think by Stardust, it, it just makes it that much more personable for her and also makes her feel understood because that was something that he referred to her as uh you know, when, when she was young and that, that understanding, it's like really integral for her to overcome that trauma or at least learn how to cope with it. Um, is feeling like somebody, somebody gets her honestly, like that, that's the biggest reason, like why I'm so, um, attracted to like a, a character like Jin is because like when I watch her and I see like all the emotions that she expresses throughout the film, it like, it makes me feel understood because like, like the emotional struggles that she deals with are very much like ones that I even struggle struggle with in my personal life. Um, so I, I think that that understanding is just such an important part of, uh, of that message. Mm, yeah. Um, right. I mean, all, all of this is further making her such a human character. Um, mm. and, and in a way that's in, very unique and even to all of star Wars, all the characters are relatable in their own way, but there's just something so simply human about Jin, especially in a moment like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because like just kind of bringing it more real world, like in our society, we, we tend to associate very pleasant and enjoyable experiences as you know, those are good experiences and we tend to associate very 
difficult and challenging and uncomfortable experiences as, as bad experiences that we don't want to remember. And you know, while that is certainly valid in, in some cases, it's, it's not the case with this experience with gin because as, as challenging and difficult and uncomfortable as it might be for her to, to you know, express herself this way to saw or and watch her father's message, it, it really is the best thing that has happened for her in her life. And like, honestly, like one of the most courageous and admirable things that Jen does in this entire film to me is allow herself to be emotionally vulnerable and confront those traumas during the scene. Because like, even in our society these days, like emotional vulnerability is not necessarily valued like it used to be. So I I really like seeing that theme emphasized so much, so strongly in the sequence. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's part of what makes her the hero, right? Is her ability to do just that, to, to be vulnerable. Um, and yeah, you know, looking at, looking at Jin's character up till this point in the movie, um, she is a very just angry person. You can see it the way she holds her, her body language, um, kind of her flippancy in response to the, you know, the, the Alliance council and, you know, Mon Mothma and Cassian, right. There is just this as a, if just one thing I wanted to say, Felicity Jones has said that like her mindset for Jen in the first act was that she was like a wounded, like animal that like couldn't be caged. So it kind of gets to what you're uh, saying at, but continue please. No, this is why you're here because you have the, you have all the behind the scenes. I know you've eaten all of this, everything about her character that's been out there. Probably too much. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That's that's that's. There's no such thing as too much. Um, but uh, yeah, right. Like she is this kind of just like pent up, angry character who, who, who again like carries that anger because of what she believes has happened to her. Um, mm-hmm. And it's again in the, the vulnerability of these moments where. She kind of uncovers the truth. And I remember after, you know, um, after Rogue One came out. So, right, that's back in 2016, a year after Force Awakens, you know, um, everyone was talking about how, like, oh, my gosh, like, Jyn Erso is such a better, like, a, a better formed character than Ray, And it's just like, well, Ray's in the first part of a three-part journey. Like, she hasn't come <laughs> to the end of her journey yet, right? Like, it wasn't a fair comparison. Um, but I think, and, and they're also like, they're also like on different journeys and, yeah. you know, they have like different, like emotional struggles. Right. Um, that's why I don't like to like compare like characters too much saying like, well, this one's better because of this. Cause it's just not like a, it's not the most interesting conversation. To me yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't tend to be fruitful either. Right. No, it um, doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But the reason I bring that up is just simply to say that. You know, now that we do have um, Ray's full story, I would say that there are a lot of uh, just similar beats. Um, again, Star Wars beats in those two journeys. And so far as um, what you know, this moment we're talking about, this is the moment where Jen learns the truth, right? And it kind of allows her to reset herself and and move forward into um, really understanding what her purpose is moving forward. Um, you know, this is 
a part of the journey that that Ray kind of slowly uncovers in episode eight and then and then in its fullness in episode nine, learning her own the truth of her family history. And then she gets to decide what to do with that. Right. Like so much of Star Wars is about characters having to come to terms with with their personal histories and those and the the relationships that built those histories. Um so in this moment, you know, when when Galen calls her his beloved and his and and calls her Stardust once again, it's an opportunity for her to kind of move forward again. And and we see that because this is the moment that completely shifts her character, right? She goes from this apathetic, I don't care, do what you want with the stupid cause that's caused me nothing but pain into we've got to go get my father into Oh my God, he's gone. Well, I'm going to finish what he started. Right. Um, and you know, this is the scene that launches her character, um, into her purpose for how she understands herself. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like, I think part of that, um, it's, it's like, she's changing her perspective on these events from being something that happened like to her to something that happened for her and like kind of what i mean by that is her mindset was all these traumatic things happened to her like losing her mother being abandoned like all these you know terrible things that have happened to her and like her reaction as we said is is very like natural natural and almost like reasonable considering these are happening at a very early age they're extremely traumatic they're not really in her control but you know as difficult as she is she has the courage to dig up those past traumas and memories acknowledge them instead of burying them away and completely express her feelings of what she's going through and allow herself to be emotionally vulnerable and expressive and then she changes her perspective on that trauma she suffered and by ultimately saying like i acknowledge that you know, these were terrible things that happened to me. But after confronting that trauma and expressing myself, being understood by someone I have a connection to, I'm changing my outlook and perspective on these events and that they happened for me. Because all the events of my life have, have ultimately led me to this moment, this choice where I can make a difference. And I'm going to choose to make the best of the situation that I've been given. And I'm going to find my father and ensure that his sacrifice doesn't die in vain. And I think this is a theme that you really, you see quite a bit throughout all of Star Wars with the characters and, you know, seeing, uh, you know, as these bad events that have happened to them and they say like, well, maybe these things, you know, as bad as they are, maybe they happen for me and I can find some, some good out of all of this. I mean, you even see that in, um, in the Siege of Mandalore arc with uh, Ahsoka and Rex were on the, when they're on the bridge of the Star Destroyer and Rex is saying, like, you know, if it wasn't for the Clone War, like, we clones want to exist. And Ahsoka's like, well, maybe there was some good that came out of this war. Um, and I, I think that's the theme that's kind of being uh, expressed in this scene, is changing your perspective from, you know, to me to for me, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's so quintessential to, to defining this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, it's just so brilliantly put Jim. Um, yeah. Uh, um, it just had me thinking, you know, about, uh, Oh, 
Oh, darn it. I lost my train of thought. Had me thinking about something. <laughs> I love when that happens. Um, Oh, but no, one like, thing. Well, no, oh, go ahead. I just, well, I was even thinking of like, even the character of Luke in a new hope, right? He, exactly. He could have, you know, it, it shows the difference of who's around you when yep. traumatic things happen. Right. So mm-hmm. when saw left Jin, she had nobody to help on, you know, process that, inf- that, that experience with. So again, mm-hmm. she just kind of locked in on herself and, and, and pushed everyone else away. Um, but you know, when Luke goes back to the farm and sees his murdered aunt and uncle, he comes back to Ben Kenobi, right? Who's going to help direct that pain and that loss. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't really get that. We don't really get the sorrow that he feels showcased. And we certainly don't get it for Leia when she sees Alderaan destroyed. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, this is, this is nothing new for star Wars, but I think it just raises the question of, Who's around you when trauma hits? Who's around you when bad things happen to you? And how do you then come to understand them? Um, mm-hmm. And kind of going even, and now I'm obviously getting off Rogue One here for a second, but just to kind of play out more of that, that the, the arc from A New Hope, going with your, you know, things not just necessarily happening to you, but for you. In a way, Obi-Wan helps reshape Luke's perspective on, you know, what just happened. Well... You weren't going to leave to be learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi. Well, now you can. And again, I don't I don't mean that to say like, oh, it's a good thing. You know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru were just murdered. But, you know, this this horrible thing that has happened to you has also something that's happened f- for you to open up into a deeper way of living. Right. Um, and again, I, I try. I, I don't mean to come across as flippant here and I don't in any way mean to like downplay the um the impact of like when these things happen to us they do happen to us but they yeah, can also absolutely. but they can also do something for us like i i'm just mm-hmm. i'm trying to like be as intelligent as you are with this analogy because I, no, I wouldn't go that far but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but i just think it, I, no i mean i just think that's a really great point is is these things that happen to us can also be things that happen for us right and mm-hmm. and this is certainly the case for Jin. um you know, she understands now saw did this for her protection. Her father did this for her protection, which is exactly what he says to her in their last encounter at the beginning of the movie. Right. Whatever I do, I do it to protect you. Right. Um, everything he's done since he's been, but since he's been ripped away from her, just as much as she was ripped away from him is figure out a way to make for a safer galaxy and hope that somehow he might see his daughter again someday. Um, but yeah, you know, good. I was just going to say, and that's why you get that. It's almost like another like flashback dream sequence, uh, right before she lands on Jetta, where her mom is, is saying, um, trust Galen because it's, it's like a reminder from the force <laughs> to Jen saying that you need to, like in the near future, you're going to have to trust. You saw, you're going to have to trust your father. You're going to have to be open with them. Um, so I just to kind of tie in that that flashback sequence in there. Rogue One does a really good job of bringing in those flashback sequences to begin with, I think. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, and that's something for, at a later date it'd be fun to explore is is um, the importance of dream sequences in Star Wars, right? 
Um, oh, absolutely. And what, and what they mean it's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so many of the, and so many of the stories. Um, but yeah, you know, just to, to kind of bring this moment kind of back around and maybe toward, towards its conclusion here. Um, you know, so just on my own, my, from my own personal perspective, um, when I saw the scene for the very first time back in 2016, it brought me to tears, not just because of how well it's acted and how beautifully it's shot, but just that reality of how important it is to hear from a parental figure that you're loved, especially when you don't understand your relationship with them. You know what I mean? Um, and as someone who's, who's had a very interesting relationship with my own father, this scene really hit hard because I won't lie. There was a point where I was just like, oh, I really wish my dad would say that to me. <laughs> so and I, don't mean to, I do not mean to sound like, like that my father is like some cold, heartless person. He is certainly not. But yeah. um, you but, feel understood when you watch that. that yeah. Scene. Right. And it's like, wow, how, how could you not feel like a million bucks right now when when someone that you value this much? And it doesn't have to literally be your father. Right? It could be anybody in your life that you really value, that you feel like there's a distance between the two of you to hear <laughs> them say to you the words that Galen says, you know, is just so important. Um, and you know, Jin, you know, for me, this is such a defining moment because Jin goes from an aimless, apathetic, angry character into somebody with a clear sense of who they are, what their place is in this story and how important it is that they continue to, to, uh, care for something beyond just their themselves. Um, and that's, that's really the message of star Wars. And I think that's just a message of life too, is it's hard to care about a cause when you're exhausted. So what do we need to kind of counter that exhaustion? A reminder of how loved we are. And we need that specifically from specific people, right? For Jin, it's Galen. Um, you know, I think, uh, for different characters, it's different people, right? So and but. it's such a simple thing too. <laughs> like, like just like as we're talking about it, and you think about it, like oh, just hearing from from somebody who's close to you or somebody who means a lot to you, just hearing that that you're loved and you mean something. Like it, it sounds like very simple in theory, but it, it's it's so powerful. Like it it changes her her complete outlook on, on life entirely throughout the the next two acts of the film. Um, and like I can kind of uh, agree with you about that that scene in particular, in, in terms of my initial reaction, because like a lot of times I feel like when I watch a Star Wars movie for the first time, I can't really remember like my reaction to a lot of details because it's like everything's so overwhelming, and you're just like kind of taking it in, and afterwards like everything's just kind of a blur, and you're trying to process everything. But like one of the scenes. That I will say probably the scene that I remember the most vividly my reaction to the first time seeing Rogue One was that conversation with her and Saw and then watching her father's message. Because, I mean, like you, but for different reasons, like, I felt understood when I watched those scenes. And I, I can, like, vividly see myself sitting in the theater and, like, thinking in my head, like, oh, wow, I think this character might be for me. <laughs> and it definitely ended up being the case. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, do you have any, any final thoughts from you for this, this particular scene? You know, I don't think so. I think we dove into this uh, pretty deep, just hitting on these themes of love and understanding and 
connection. Um, it's just, it's so powerful and, and rich in storytelling and, and character development. Um, I love it. Like I said, it's, it's probably my favorite in, in all of Star Wars. I just, I just find it to be very, very profound. Um, yeah. Yeah. And this is something I've always loved sharing with you, Jim, is just the fact that some of our favorite moments from Star Wars tend to be these incredibly personal character moments. They're not necessarily the big space battles or lightsaber duels. Not that we don't enjoy those too, but oh, you know, some of our, top, <laughs> you know, even thinking just when we were talking about our favorite Leia moments last week on the show, like the majority of them are character moments. They're not really big action sequences. Um, so, you know, this is why I've always just been such, so drawn to you and your relationship with star Wars is because I think you and I see it in very similar lens. Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And, uh, I mean, right back at you. I mean, I, ironically, the, the scenes that we love the most are the ones that completely break our hearts, <laughs> but <laughs> they really so right. do make yeah. it, us feel something. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's definitely the case with this scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Well, before we go, just in case anyone uh, doesn't know this about you at this point, Jim, um, and there's, it's fair that some folks don't, but you know the thing, like like I said at the top of the show, when when whenever you want to talk about Jenner, so you're the first person I want to talk to about it because this is a character that you you love so deeply and identify so strongly with, and that's what you know has helped you build these incredible cosplay outfits of Jenner, so. Um, and you did your first one. Was it just at the last celebration in, in, in Chicago? Was that the first time you came dressed as Jen? Yeah, that, it was actually getting ready for a celebration in Chicago. It was maybe a few months ahead of time where I decided, like, okay, like, this this character, like, means everything to me. I want to embody her at <laughs> Star Wars Celebration. And, yeah, that's that was the first time that I, I guess I debuted that full Jetta costume. Um and it, it really comes down to like embodying that character, like a character that you see so much of yourself in. And when it's it's odd because when you put on that 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 costume, it's oddly empowering in a way if that makes any sense. Um, but but yeah, I, I really appreciate your your compliments on on my cosplays. You know, I, I didn't really um, you know create like every stitch of them myself, but um, it it is something that means a lot to me. Um, for the reasons I've said, like being able to embody a character that way. And I know for you, like being able to embody Ray through um, cosplaying is really important to you too. So, I mean, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you, I mean, I've told you this before and, and, and um, folks that may not know this, but the whole idea of even getting my, you know, rise of Skywalker Ray costume was inspired by the fact that you did Jin. Um, you know, in my, in my, very simple mind it's like oh well can i can i cosplay as ray is that like is that going to be weird and it's just like no not at all because look how friggin' awesome jim looks as Jin or so <laughs> like um i can't i can't pull off the hair i'll say that but <laughs> that's all right other than that i try my best <laughs> no but like you just you, i'd love how strongly you identify with the character that you like you just said you want to embody them and you know uh i was excited to to wear my my ray costume for a day at the you know, celebration we just missed this past weekend. Um, but you know, Hey, that's all right. Gives me till 2022 to really beef up the costume. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to doing it then and, and cosplaying with you of all people. Um, Oh yeah. Definitely going to be taking some, some epic photo ops with (laughs) those (laughs) cosplays for sure. You can bet on it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, 
Well, as always, Jim, thanks for taking the time to to come be on the show and and just talk all things gin and, and specifically this incredibly powerful moment. Um, it's just so good, and Rogue One is so good. Oh yeah, I can uh, I can definitely appreciate that. Um, but it, seriously, thanks again. I I know I keep saying it but this this character i mean she really does mean a lot to me for so many reasons and it, it really means a lot um to be able to to come on here and kind of like really hash out our thoughts about you know even a specific scene with her that that means a lot to me so i i really really appreciate it this is this has really been a, a pleasure oh it's all mine and uh well before we go jim if people do want to you know stay in touch with you or talk to you about anything Jen or so or other star Wars musings or, or see the incredible cosplays that you have, where can they do that? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Jim or so very Pretty easy to remember. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> um, so, well, thanks again, Jim, for, for joining us for this third episode of star Wars lessons. Um, again, I am your host, Carl. And for Jim, we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Thank you.